life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. Did you get the memo today? There was that memo that circulated everywhere. Mm, it was sad. That, that SUVs are all that matter anymore. Oh, that yes, memo. right. Cars we, we are don't, dead, we don't care right? about We don't care about cars. Yeah, I did get that. The only thing we're going to do is hot SUVs. I guess that's the thing now, yeah. right? Yeah, of course. I, I'm, I'm actually saying that because of Ford's big release today. Because we've already heard that the Fiesta ST is not returning. So when it's done, yes, it's done. Right. The Focus RS is having its own personal IMS issues where people are on the internet are freaking out about every, every Focus RS <laughs> yes. is going to blow up. Yes. And then there's the discussion about the fact that it's the the wrong head gasket. It's one from the EcoBoost. On and on it goes. I'm not even going it, to it's, – it's developing as we speak. But who knows what happens to the Focus RS. Meanwhile – To be determined, yeah. Meanwhile, we have a new ST, and it's the Edge ST. Because I look now, – now, now yeah. here's the thing. I look at an Edge, and I don't think let's make that a performance car. But to Ford's credit, I also don't look at the Fiesta and think let's make that a performance car. Okay, fair so point. So in fair that point. regard, okay, you've proven you can go weird places and make a cool car. But this is the, uh, the GLA AMG problem. Sure, a little bit. But since you said SUVs are all the craze, the rage. That's all we care about anymore, It seems supposedly. like that's all people buy. It's all you want. Yeah, for sure. Now, from a – I'm just thinking car architecture. Let's start with that. You open the door and you can just kind of slide across and just sort of sit down. You don't have to sit down in. You no, don't have right. to do anything like you that. Just, you just stop walking and you're now seated. Clamber yeah. into the car. You just, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You stop yeah. walking and – the door still cuts you off at the knees and you fall into the car. Perfect. So that's mainly why people are buying these, I guess. Now, there's some great SUVs on the market. There's some great CUVs that mm-hmm. handle and drive mm-hmm. like they shouldn't. They have power. <clears throat> BMW X6M, I'm looking at you. And well, they're fantastic on the track. They just shouldn't be because cars are actually better. But that doesn't matter to mm-hmm. most people. But now that we have a sporty package to drop with more power and better handling, sharper throttle response, on and yeah. on and on, all the typical stuff. And the architecture from the Fusion. Sell. Well, true. true. So, I mean, the thing, the thing that I wonder is twofold. I actually wonder if some, some product planner is looking at the Fusion and, and deciding the Fusion Sport is not getting enough interest. I thought it wasn't. I thought they were just no longer. They're just well, but, stopping with that. But I, but I guess what I'm saying is, I mean, it's one of the ones shown in the head, the head like a family picture at one point today, and it's one of the ones shown in the ST hot lineup. But I, but I wonder about the Fusion Sport even surviving because, honestly, who's the market for that car? And, I, I, and I'm not throwing shade at it, but who's the market for that car? But yet we can't make SUVs fast enough, mm-hmm. so let's make a sporty SUV and – but 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 the reason I bring it up that as, family photo. Uh, the reason I bring it up as the GLA problem is because I've mentioned before that I think part of the GLA's issue is the fact that I think it's mismarketed as an SUV. It should be marketed as a hatch. But if they marketed Agreed. it as a hatch, nobody would buy it at all because CUVs are all we're buying. Yes, so I see that. But but somebody in marketing, this is a marketing ploy. And it may be awesome, but I, here I am. Look, I admit to being biased. I'm the huge guy. That biased dri- against marketing, folks? No, 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 no. I'm biased to the fact that, obviously, I'm a huge guy that drives tiny, low-to-the-ground cars. Yes, yes. So this fine. is the opposite direction of what I like. But, but in mass, why, why does the, tra- the track hawk exist? Why? Because I, I SUVs. I still can't figure it out. It's cool. SUV plus more power equals apparently more awesome. What else do we do with this engine? Yeah. I know. Hey, that car looks ripe for an engine. Yeah. 
Well, if you haven't heard, so this is the Edge Sports. Well, it used to be the Edge Sports. Now the Edge ST offering 335 horsepower, 380 pound-feet of torque, which is very close to the Focus RS in terms of output. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be a heavier car. I just, I'm trying to care. I really am. <laughs> I, I'm working on Wait, my. I'm actually my writing that down. That is that is Paul's that is Paul's t-shirt for the night. I Paul Schmucker really trying to care. Actually, that may be your debut album. When you go solo, that is your debut What's album. My title track. Paul Schmucker trying <laughs> oh, that, to care. Right be? there. That's perfect. Ay ay ay. I just anyway. You know what I mean. I I just um. I think it'll sell somewhat. It's just. They kind of had to do it, and they're all proud of themselves. But in that family photo, the Ford GT is in there. Mm -hmm. The GT mm -hmm. is not an ST. So will, will there be a GTST? Will <laughs> nice. there be an ST version of the GT? Does nice. It, what, yes. Will that do? Will there be one million horsepower? GTST. It's like like the ZL11 LE. It's like what? Yes. Are we just are we playing Scrabble? Are What's going all on done? over there? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, the, the Edge. And there's some other stuff. This seems like a very Ford-focused podcast, to be honest, with all the questions that we've gotten and for everything that's going on with mm -hmm. a couple of podcasts. Welcome back, everyone. We're thrilled that you're with us. Yeah. We're having so much fun doing this, and we love that you're writing. And, uh, man, there's been so many car debates flooding in the doors here. Yes. And uh, lots of social media questions. So we just had to, you know, get the Edge ST bashing over with. Well, but it's and then the thing. Now I, we can move on. I'm sorry. I have to say one more thing. I have to say <laughs> All right, one more thing. fine. The, the other thing I think that's going on Bring in, this the market, in, in this market, seriously, and I'm, I'm going to look at the Macan and the GLA, which are size-wise competitors to this edge. Okay, yes. Okay. I think one of the other reasons that those sell as performance SUVs is because they are also luxury vehicles or trying to be. Yes. The edge yes. is kind of without competition, if you will, because it's not like mm -hmm. Mazda is making the Mazda Speed CX-5, which would be a direct competitor. So my question it is... It sounds cool initially. It does. The Mazda Speed CX-5. Why not? We're, I mean, apparently, that's all we're doing we're is hot-riding SUVs anyway. anymore. Anyway, but, huh. but, but what, I, what I wonder is, and, and, and you'll have to tell me what the interior was like on the Trackhawk, but what I'm wondering is, if you're buying in this market of hot CUV, do you also want it to be really nice inside? I think you do. I, I think, think you that's do. A, 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 oh, heck a yeah. Real factor. Do you want it to be really nice materials inside? Can the edge find a market because it doesn't compete in interior materials with the Macans, the GLAs, et cetera, of the world? It doesn't. <laughs> edge ST. We're slightly better than Mitsubishi Evo interiors. What do you think? <laughs> the new slogan. <laughs> We're a notch above Evos. Wow. There you go. It's brilliant. Mitsubishi yeah. Everybody's doesn't have gonna anything come on us. Yeah. Something. I don't know. Yeah, wow. I think you're right. I mean, I, I just I wonder if that's a factor because people I think want it their is. luxury. They I want think their it near is. luxury. This is why you save to buy a coach handbag. This is why people buy fake luxury goods. You want the luxury in your life. You want to kind of get near it. You're willing to pay mm -hmm. some, but not top dollar because then you graduate to an $80,000 track sure. hawk and you sure. think, what in here is different than the regular Jeep Overland with everything in yeah. there? They're coating a few more surfaces in Alcantara mm -hmm. and deleting all the, the off-road buttons in the center sure. console and the end. Really. Better seats. Better yeah. seats. But but I do really wonder if the if the performance end of... Because, okay, I'll, I'll go to the FRS. I'll go to the Lotus. Apparently, I'm talking about cars I like. But I think a performance sports car, there's still those of us that like that are willing to sacrifice some on the interior. Yes. I don't think that those the, of us that are, yes. yes. I don't think the CUV shopper 
even if you're shopping for the performance version, wants to sacrifice on luxury appointments. And I think that's where the Edge does not have an edge. There we it's go. Edgeless? Yes. The dull. Yes, it's been rounded off. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, guys, we have so many questions. We've got to start in with the uh, the debates here. We've got two We've got great to jump ones in for here. Sure, yeah. By the way, everyone, the Kia Soul Electric is now available <laughs> with the 30-kilowatt-hour battery. Sorry, did we ask? Meaning it can get 111 miles out of its range, so clearly the car to go by is the Chevy Volt. <laughs> Perfect. That, that is Just how that is. wanted you all to know once that. You, once you line it, line it all together, yeah. Either the Volt or the Bolt and be done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So we have, do have two good car debates tonight. Uh, one is a friend of a friend car debate, which I kind of like. A couple of people who listen to the podcast have kind of gotten together and built out a car debate for another friend who listens to the podcast. Yeah, very cool. That had a, a less, than, that less than good holiday season. We want to talk about that. Also, we have uh, Rowett coming up. It'll probably be after the break. He has a BMW uh, V10 M5 dilemma. Which, by the way, which places. we saw dropped into a Toyota 86. Yes. Holy moly. Yes, you saw that. You saw that, that article today, and I saw it too. Somebody has built a drift car, and they decided, why go LS? Why go super motor? Why go anything that makes any sense? Let's do a V10 M5 motor in the 86 chassis. And the, did you read the fine print? I it's read like, a little. It's like 25 pounds heavier than oh, the car started. Hitting me. Well, that was originally a Formula One-derived engine program. Mm-hmm. And they that's the why rules. it has an 8250 RPM limit on a V10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the materials and that, that architecture, I'm not surprised. It's got it's like 25 pounds heavier than it was stock. That's engine-wise, which is, which is negligible. Less than a duffel bag sitting on your oh, hood. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. Done. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, as we said, we're jumping into the first car debate here from Nate. Nate, uh, as you may or may not know, he was the gentleman in Chicago that designed our new Everyday Driver logo for mm-hmm. us. So yeah. a lot of input and uh, from everybody. So thank you, Nate, and great to hear you. He and his friend Eric, on behalf of another guy, Cade S., in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. he wrote early in the year because his whole Cade's whole family has had a rough holiday. Yeah, for sure. They we're getting to this this whole thing. They had a lot of cars and their house destroyed by fire, unfortunately. Yeah. Kate's, Kate's parents' house burned down, took cars with it. Ugh. And this was a week after his grandfather died. I mean, this is like, talk about, and this was Christmas week. Yeah, yeah. Talk about a really difficult time for this family. Now, they do list a bunch of cars, like crazy cars, like a 1926 Model T and a 67 Beetle and an old 67 Impala that were in an extra building, your mm-hmm. outbuilding, that were not affected by the fire. But the stuff, the, the house, take this, take, think this through for a second. The house, all the stuff in the house, oh. and all the cars in the garage connected to the house, gone. Cade, we are just ripped to hear from you, or for you. We are just really, uh, really sorry that happened, and uh, hope everything is uh, getting sorted out. Insurance money comes through, hopefully, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you guys are going to be in a fresh direction. But we do want to help you out. Uh, as Todd said, his grandfather left in 1926 Model T, running that and runs. driving. Yeah, run it, come run and drive this, which I happily would. But, you know, Fantastic. exactly, that's amazing. That's really cool. So that survived, but the three vehicles that were destroyed in the fire were an 01 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited, mm-hmm. 2008 Jaguar S-Type, mm-hmm. which was Cade's mom's car, and a 2017 F-350 King Ranch, brand new. These were the everyday driver cars These were the in cars the they drove all the time. Burned yeah. to the ground, melted. I mean, yeah, destroyed. Gone. gone. Yep. So Cade's folks are retired and spend most of the year traveling across the country in their 40-foot fifth wheel. 
they've mm-hmm. got this RV that they yank behind. They're old. Welcome to the King Ranch. 08 yeah. F-350 Super Duty. They upgraded to the 2017 350 King Ranch, and then that is burned. Yeah. I'm guessing they're instantly getting $75,000 back for that truck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's the first part of this question, and I just want to cover it real quickly. Because they just shopped this, they shopped a lot. They wanted it to have certain features. They wanted to upgrade their 350 for a new 350. Uh, they like the new diesel motor better. Mm-hmm. It was a seventy-five thousand yeah. dollars truck. They had shopped it. The question, the first question here is: Is there any reason for them to shop elsewhere? And my answer to you is no. This falls in that category of car taken from you, and you did the research to find the exact kind of truck you wanted to pull your fifth wheel. Just go get another one. Agreed. Just Agreed. go get another F three fifty like that one. Hopefully, you can get it similarly spec'd. There's no reason just. Get that solved. We'll, we'll deal with the other two cars. Get that just solved. I mean, tragic to hear, but yes, get another one. That thing's going to be fantastic. No reason to even think about anything else. Mm-hmm. And they had something they liked, so just yeah. go with it again. Exactly. All right, so moving on to this 01 Grand Cherokee. That was purchased new, and this was mom's daily driver mm-hmm. up until 2008. And then it was relegated to the winter beater duty because they are way up in north central Wisconsin. So what these guys, Nate and Eric, are saying is this is not going to be replaced by another winter vehicle. It's just, you know what? It's It's gone. gone. Yeah. Is what it is. They're looking for a new replacement for her, for mom. So in 08, her daily driver became this 08 Jaguar Mm S-Type. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is, again, the the replacement is what we're looking for for a budget of $25,000. Yep. And it's got to be new-ish or fairly new, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks good, sporty, but it's got to be a functional four-door car. Apparently, she doesn't want a CUV. Mm -hmm. Looking for a car. Bravo, yeah. Haul around the grandkids, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the interesting part. Their whole family is a Ford family. Mm-hmm. I get it. I mean, yeah. you, you're Chevy or Ford, maybe Ram, but <laughs> in this case, they're a Ford family. And so his dad's initial first reaction was to just go out and shop Fords. What Ford sedans are out there? What should we just... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I'm yeah. getting that brand Ford. What car should we get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fine. So they're not, you know... <laughs> They're open to other ideas just slightly. But that's the default. That's the default but setting. that is the default setting. Yeah, and and in that regard, there are two that obviously come up. One, of course, the Taurus SHO, which I agree, be a great call. It's a hot car. Be a great call. You can it's get those car. for a song now, too. Yeah. You can find them all-wheel drive out there. They've got a good amount of power. They are big-sized cars. They're good cars. And it is amazing how cheap you can find those. So, I mean, you'd have money left over if you shopped far enough back. I think you want something fairly recent, but you could go like 15 less grand, uh, and you could really, really get something amazing there. And then the other one that got brought up, actually, Kate brought up the fact that you could get the Fusion Sport is an option here, too. Interesting, yeah. Which uh, I think there becomes a question of uh, what do you like specs-wise, and what do you like size-wise? Because the Fusion and the and the Taurus, they, they're a little different. They look a little different. Uh, the Taurus looks a bit meaner. <laughs> Fusion looks a bit more normal, even in sport trim. Uh, but those are good options. I want to uh, endorse both of those options as good choices because, obviously, you're a Ford family. And then I went away from Ford and came up with four other things. So I took that into consideration, this uh, not Ford. Not that they couldn't find a choice in there, as you said. Mm-hmm. I, I like the ideas that you listed here. But... What about the Jaguar? I mean, if you're a Ford family, how come you owned a Jag? Well, you know, there was that whole Jag-Ford thing for a while. Thank you very much. Yeah. Ford owned Jag mm-hmm. for a little while. Yeah. As a matter of fact, in Dearborn, all you saw were the Jaguar XJ cars driving around in Dearborn because every executive had to have a Jag. <laughs> Fine. Of course. Yay. So I kept that very thing. I'm glad you called that out because I kept that in mind. 
Okay. After visiting the Flat Rock Assembly Plant, which used to be the Michigan Casting Center, okay. but was originally the Mazda Motor Manufacturing for USA hmm. till 92, and then it became the Auto Alliance Plant. Remember the Probe? And the, yes. the Mazda 3s, mm-hmm. all those were built at the Auto Alliance plant on the same line. Okay. 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 So now it's just called Flat Rock Assembly. I think some Lincolns are going to be built there. Hmm. They okay. just announced right. an electric small SUV by 2020 and another autonomous sure, vehicle why to not? be built at this yeah, plant. why not? So I had a tour when I interned for Ford. Okay. I had a tour of this okay. plant. It has a history with Mazda because Ford and Mazda yeah, used to have absolutely. the same kind of relationship that totally. Jaguar did with totally. Ford. Yep. So that's where I went. I went to, for $25,000, as much Mazda CX-5 as you can buy. But Mm. if she doesn't want the CUV, the Mazda 6. Mm. As much car as you can buy with $25,000, whatever year and price that is. That's a a lot, actually. Put $25,000 into your search and see what the newest, latest model that comes up that would fit the bill. And it still has that connection, that thread of connection with Ford. To hopefully be able to satisfy yeah. the Ford family thing by I, virtue that's of excellent. That's excellent. the Auto Alliance, a yeah. flat rock assembly plant. That's what I'm thinking about. And there's speculation right now, not confirmed yet mm-hmm. as of this recording, about the new 2018 Mazda 6 being offered with all-wheel drive. Yes, yes. Because in north-central Wisconsin, that is pretty much they, – well, it's not a requirement, but they said, can't go rear. Well, they've said here – They don't they, want it. They've said here they, they aren't – saying all-wheel drive they have to have but they'd prefer it right so but right. i actually i hadn't gone mazda 6 and it's one of those cars that that defies its size it's it's a yeah. nice sized car and then yeah. you start like opening up the trunk and everything and it's, it's cavernous agreed and they do have good dynamics they look great i well done on that connection too i hadn't gone there but i do like the thread of connection there all the way back to ford well done I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking that. It was a casting plant in 1973. It has a long history. <laughs> I would have never chased the assembly plants, by the way, to get there. But but bravo anyway. I am very the impressed. Ford with Probe V6 GT. Remember uh-huh. that car in 1995 yeah. Yeah. built at the Flat Rock Assembly you plant? You know what? That second-gen Probe Crazy. I thought was a fantastic-looking car. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I wish it was too. rear-wheel drive. I wish it was refined further. And then there was that one. I'm actually going through our uh, one of our last episodes for the season right now, for the TV season. It's our Lemons racing episode right right and there's a crazy painted because it's lemons racing crazy painted, uh <laughs> ford probe of that era going really? around the track in that footage and i had forgotten about it i'm looking at the footage like oh yeah that car and i do still think they're really cool looking they had a i good wish shape it, it, it shape wise was great i wish yeah. everything else about them was was different <laughs> right shape wise was really cool right. yeah they're perfect lemons cars now yeah well yeah it's here's the here's what just bugs me about being a designer and coming from the design world it's knowing that the thing you're designing this you know, a thing you're pouring all your effort and design and aesthetic into will end up in the trash. It yeah. will end up in True. the landfill. True. The Ford Probe. Doesn't matter I what you design. designer, yeah. Sid Chang, who designed the Probe at Ford. Okay. Brilliant guy, brilliant okay. illustrator, designed the Probe. Yeah. It's just weird to think, you know, years from now, of course you can't see it coming. No. The piece of furniture you design, the product you design, it's going to end up in the landfill. Yeah. So yeah. you've got wow, to take yeah, all this into point. consideration. Yeah. Now cars, like, oh, this cool car that I'm designing mm. is going to be mm. a stupid lemons car oh man (laughs) (laughs) i i am certain and we say it on camera i am certain that whoever was designing and building the mechanics of a 1996 subaru legacy wagon (laughs) was not envisioning what we four idiots were going to do with it for 14 (laughs) hours over a weekend oh that that poor transmission anyway so sorry let's get back to this discussion uh for for cade's mom uh so i 
we have the Ford options. I think there's a good. I love the Mazda six. I just there's some kind of thread yeah, there that yeah, I yeah, think we good. could. Kate, if you're listening, I hope you're listening. Nate and Eric, please pass this along to the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's my thought. Uh, the Grand Cherokee opens up FCA. I'm not sure how it the does. Grand Cherokee gets in there, but I have to say this: all-wheel drive Dodge Charger. Interesting. Now, is is your mom a grandma that would drive a Dodge Charger? Because that's kind of cool, I have to say. And I mm. thought about the fact you get an all-wheel drive Dodge Charger. It works for police. They're mm. driving them everywhere. And and grandkids, you can go one or two ways here. Now, look, I'm a long way from the – I'm on the other end of the spectrum from the Jaguar of the world. It's not classy looking. It's not a overly concerned about a nice interior. It's a bruiser. Now, maybe grandma's good with that. I kind of like that idea. <laughs> okay. I kind of think that's cool. Grandma's here, and it's a blacked-out stealth Dodge Charger out front. I'm like, let's, let's go be with grandma. I like this personally, but I'm just off on a personal tangent. But here's the thing. That is a car, though, that if the grandkids wreck the interior, it doesn't matter. I thought of that aspect. That's pretty good. It's just it's, – it's, let's take the grandkids, and it's all-wheel drive, and it's cool to drive. I think, I think it's an option. It's a little bit of a curve from where you've been, I will admit. But I saw that Grand Cherokee, and I went, huh. That was the thread I followed, was getting all the way to the Dodge Charger. I like that, but I can connect it further for you just to okay. you know, right. put any salve sure. in the wounds or sure. you know, just to please, make please. sure that we can connect it to this Ford family. And that is by virtue of a gentleman named Bob Lutz who yeah. okay. pushed the Viper. Remember, he worked for Chrysler and yeah. Dodge yeah, and yeah, yeah. really pushed to have the Viper go into production. By the way, he used to be an executive vice president at Ford Motor Company. <laughs> well, but he worked everywhere. If he you did. follow Bob he around, did. you could justify any car on the planet just about. Yeah. But he led the creation of the Escort 3, the Ford Sierra, the original Explorer. Yeah. So we're safe. Bob's there's been a, everywhere. That's funny. I love how we're too. trying desperately to justify this. <laughs> I, have, I have two other options that I think are, are genuine contenders as alts to replace this Jaguar. All right. And then I have a... Crazy wild card. Oh. I mean, like a really just nutty wild card. Okay. Interesting. Uh, You have others on on your list? I'm sticking with Mazda. I I think your Mazda 6 is I liked the the car and the thread, Mm -hmm. of course. I think it's great. But I liked the car for her. Just price-wise, solid. It's going to run. No worries. It's Mm -hmm. good looking. Yeah. So I was thinking about the, 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 the area of that Jaguar, but I thought, all right, let's go away from Ford. Okay. Let's go to the Japanese cars because we know they're just going to run. Okay. Yeah. And you can get a lot of value for your dollar. You can get all-wheel drive. You can get nice interiors. Sure. So I'm going to bring up yeah. two. Uh, first off, I'm not sure if this is large enough, but I'm going to start here. The Lexus IS350 all-wheel drive. Good. Good. If that's not big enough, try the GS. I personally feel like no matter what they do to the GS, it drives big. But, and it looks big. And, but, granted, yeah. I just recommended a Dodge Charger. If you want to go big, <laughs> it's GS over IS. But I'm not sure. True. I, that, that's the thing I'm True. not certain about here is because she might just want a big car, which is why the Charger works. And if so, the IS is a little bit on the small side. Sure. Okay, I can see that. We're all right. talking all-wheel drive, luxury car, nice car for mom or grandma, depending on how you refer to her. Acura TL. Yeah. That's, Come on, Acura that's up there. T- $25,000 uh, in your pocket. You can get a not very old Acura TL. That all-wheel drive system is great. That is a forgotten car on the new and used market. And, it's true. And it's true. Uh, actually, we had a, a guy on on uh, Twitter, DM is his, is his uh, yeah. avatar, talking about he has a 14, and in 14, they desperately revised the beak, and it does look quite a bit better. Now, he actually, to I his like credit, seeing that, he found a side-by-side photo. 
Yeah. And seeing that 14 and up is the one that, that so, somebody finally fixed it. Okay. So, but, but with 25 Loosely grand, speaking. with 25 grand, you could get a really recent TL and yeah. it's a great car. It's yeah. a forgotten car. So I think that's got to be considered. Those are my two real contenders. Okay. The, the Lexus or the Acura. And then I have a crazy wild card. I'm eager for this. I'm just thinking, let's go, let's go way out of the box for good. a second. It's all good. All wheel drive. Okay. Got some luxury, good styling. Checking all these boxes, but instead of buying, I'm going to say take your twenty five thousand and lease yourself an all wheel drive mid level Alpha Julia. Oh, great dynamics! Don't see them everywhere. They turn heads. You and I recently drove a base one and liked it. We did. They make it an all wheel drive. And here's the thing: you cannot get lease deals on the Quadrifoglio. No. But you can no. on the lesser models. You can get deals. The base and the TI. And I'm just yeah. thinking, if you're wanting to branch out, one of the reasons you probably want to br- don't want to branch out is because you know Fords. You know how they run. They run well for you. Sure. So, okay. So, if you're going to go to a different brand entirely, let's take some of the risk out of it. Let's go lease an Alpha Julia. And either you have a great experience or you have something mm-hmm. where, thank God, it's at least that company's problem. Right. Uh, I... I can definitely see that. Actually, from a size perspective, I think it's right for size. It really is in the sweet spot there. That's pretty good. But then, if if you're skeptical for whatever reason, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as you said, you know it's leased. You know it's going back. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Warranty. Blah. But, but that's really interesting. It's good to drive. Actually. They make them all wheel drive. I I think it's got the right amount of class. You know, Jack. Here, here's one of the other connections in my mind. Jaguar is one of those companies. Where you can buy a Jaguar because it's just stylish. There's nothing sporty about it. It's just stylish. Or you can buy. This is getting their, their, better. This is their reputation. Okay, but but even the the the, the old models that look the same for thirty years. It's, yeah. it's the same idea. Yeah. Okay, but you hey, can buy it's it just because underneath. you yeah. can buy it just because it's stylish. Or <laughs> you can buy some of the things in their lineup now that are meant to be performance cars. Mm. And I feel like the Julia straddles that as well. It's a unique car in that sense. We a, just don't know what it's going to be long term. Exactly. You can it's get a loaded up version that feels like a just a nice luxury car, midsize sedan. Or yeah. you can buy the Quadrifoglio and go hoon yourself to the track and then run around the track and hoon yourself home. Right. Interesting. That's my wild card. I think I know it's out there, but I it's think it's out worth there, driving. But it's not as out there as I think you positioned it. It's still pretty Well, I, I it's, need to, it's viable enough. I think it way. works for the for the, yeah. the task. It's just a little bit of a curveball of I wouldn't have thought of that. That's why it's a wild card. Yeah. Well, Cade, we wish you and your family the very best. We hope everything sorts out. We hope there's uh, some silver lining in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you're able to share this with your family and you can listen and forget about the stuff in the past and just look forward to uh, a bright future. So, uh, Kids, grandma just pulled in the drive in the Dodge Charger. It's time to go. I'm just saying. It's, that's uh, a fun image. <laughs> snowing outside, black Charger. To graduate to SRT or grandma and Hellcat. Should illustrate that and Hellcat Grandma. There's the T-shirt right there. Or is that the title track to my first song? That might be. That might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. How terrible. does that go? Somebody's got to anyway, write the lyrics yeah. to that one. Yeah, you're, you're on your on your debut album, trying to care. The first the first uh, solo song is Hellcat Grandma, and there we're done. Is. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we're done with at least the first half of the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Podcast One remembers broadcasting legend. 
Dick Enberg. A hearty welcome to Steve Kerr. What a thrill to have listened to you all these years. He's basketball Hall of Famer John Calipari. You uh, still have a great voice of all time. Tennis Hall of Famer Billie Jean King. I just hope everyone listening understands what an icon you are. He's my all-American friend Bill Walton. Dick Enberg, I love you. Listen to his amazing stories and his final interviews on Sound of Success, the Dick Enberg Podcast, only on Podcast One or the Podcast One app. Hey, all, let's talk a little bit about Amsoil. You know why we like Amsoil so much? Because they're a bunch of car people. They're gearheads. They're into all kinds of motorsports and power sports, and they get it. You know, recently, Amsoil created a guide containing information about how to increase horsepower in your vehicle. It's got insider tips from some of the best in the business on how to coax more power out of your engine. You can get your free copy at amsoil.com slash driver. That's right. There's a code connected to this show, amsoil.com slash driver. While you're there, you can find out about all of Amsoil's products. Remember, they've got their Amsoil Signature Series Synthetic Motor Oil. says it delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss than what's required. Now, I'm not a guy that tests these things, but these tests exist, and that's the stat. Remember, go to amsoil.com slash driver to get your free insider's guide to increasing horsepower. You can do that right now. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with the term MSRP. You might even know what that stands for, but do you know what it actually means? And how about invoice or list price or dealer price? It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even arrive at the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your house. How do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealer knows this, so they'll set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. On to round two. We're back with the second half of the debate. Mm -hmm. And Rohit, he is in Chicago, an avid listener of the podcast, ever since he found it about six months ago. Rohit, thank you so much for writing in, for yeah, following for sure. along. For sure. He says he's listened to all of the podcasts over the past year, which is, what did we decide? Ten days it's like worth ten of ten days worth of us. Solid it's a lot. It's talking. a lot. Yeah, so thanks to the long commute that he has, which he shall elaborate later on, mm -hmm. he's writing to us to decide on what's the fun new commuter car going to be. Mm -hmm. Now, he's the guy that Todd told you earlier about that has the E60 BMW M5 with a V10. With the V10, the big boy. Yeah. The now, this boy. car, for those of you who don't know, it has inflatable side bolsters in the seats that are active, if the car has this option. I, maybe all of them had it. I, I don't remember, but... 
I'm as sure the car it's a box you have to check cornering hard, say you're turning left, the right seat bolster will inflate <laughs> even more and push <laughs> into your ribcage to hold you in place. Yeah. Because this is how BMW thinks. Uh-huh. You know what we could do? That's the that's that's where that follows from. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it Yeah, you know what we should do is And then we can and you know what we can charge. That's the other part of totally. it. Totally. Yeah. This was a ninety one thousand dollar car, I think, when yeah. it was new. Yeah, yeah. Pushing a hundred grand. Yeah. Formula One derived V ten. Mm-hmm. If you haven't ridden in one of these, go ride in Rohit's car. I'm sure he'll be happy to take you for a ride. <laughs> He's going to be on the corner with a little <laughs> donation box. Who's next? That's yeah, terrible. It's like an amusement park ride. So thanks for writing again. Uh, his history in the States. He came to the U.S. in 2014 to do his master's in analytics at a university in Dallas, Texas, which didn't really require a car that he, he really enjoyed, let's yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, And he's had this Lexus ES300 with 178,000 miles that runs in spite of him. Mm-hmm. He's trying to kill it with a fork, and it just won't die, apparently. Well, but, but that's the thing. It's been just the commute car. It's done the commute duty. It's done the hard-driving miles because he finally got this He got this uh, V10 in uh, just October of last year. And he <laughs> loves ES300 it. ES300 to a V10. Sure. He loves it, but he quickly realized, as you do, why would I commute in this? <laughs> because it just it practically pulls an oil tanker behind it for gasoline. <laughs> totally. And it's just you're you're not even teasing it taking it on a commute. You're almost just offending it. So <laughs> he's thinking, okay, okay, I love this thing. I'm keeping it. It's gonna be more the fun occasion car, the weekend car. Can we re- please replace this ES? Give me a reason, give me something to replace this ES that can have a little bit better uh, gas mileage, which is a low bar. Compared to the M5. True. A little bit better gas mileage than the M5, but lots more fun than the ES, also a low bar. So I've got a few ideas here, but uh, what's interesting, I think, is the price point here. Yeah, true. True. We're only uh, dealing with, down. what is it, what do we have, $18,000-ish to work with? Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're throwing down for a whole lot of money. It's it's solid, and, and I think you'll be surprised at some of the stuff I found digging around for that. But uh, these, are the, these are the categories. Rohit, I'm glad that you were... Considering other things, mm-hmm. when you bought the BMW, things like you know the exotic-sounding Maserati Ghibli, and I'm also glad that you laid down until the urge went away, because <laughs> it's exotic-sounding. Your insurance company thinks it's exotic-sounding. So yeah. does your bank. Yeah. So does the police officer. Lay down but until you feel better. Yeah. Exotic. It has the. Uh, it has so many FCA parts. I just anyway, the SUV makes me want to scream. The Levante. I know it does. Oh, I, I know it does. I yeah. want to scream. You just that's, you couldn't that's like, pay me to own that car. That's like a complete success in parts bin sharing. It's a ama- It's like the guess, guess where this part comes from on the interior of that car. It is. I mean, it we really already is. know, but yeah, it's still a fun game. All right, so here we go. As Todd said, eighteen grand to replace for the thing that's going to take the abuse in Chicago: the driving from one suburb on one side mm-hmm. of town to a suburb on the other side of town, the salt, the roads, the traffic, all mm-hmm. of that. The car in which to listen to the podcast in. True. Right. True. But here's the other part. Did you see this here? He goes on a little tangent about there are some good good roads, but mainly he's thinking about the fact he's a half hour from Audubon Country Club in one direction. Yes. And two hours from Road America in the other direction. So he'd love to have a car for track days, which I'm also reading into this and going, not the M5 either. Right. For that. So that Agreed. means this car has got to do, it's got to do commute duty, better miles per gallon. And actually, hopefully, be a car he can track. This gets much harder quickly. There's a twist in here, too, because the cars he's currently yeah. considering are the, the uh, we'll say the usual suspects. Fiesta to ST, S2000. By the way, your question about allowing convertibles on track days, yes, they do with a roll cage. 
So, and it's got, uh, of course, it's got to be higher than your helmet. Yes. I mean, obviously, there's no point if it's not, right? <laughs> this is true. But there's, but also different places you run with will change change up their rules. Some are more allowable than others. A lot of times what will happen is they'll allow convertibles in, like, the beginner sessions, but well, not true. the upper sessions. That's true. That Good happens, point. too. All right. So what else? 2013 Abarth 500s can now be had for under ten grand, Which yes. is nuts. That's like, let's all buy a winter car. <laughs> just for just fun. Yeah. Go buy them because they're on sale. But here's the twist, and that is his obsession, and he can't stop mm-hmm. thinking about mm-hmm. a Nissan Skyline R32 GTR. Yeah. Is he insane or is he not? I will say you're not because of the story. And that okay. is... There's one that lives here in Utah, in Park City, as a matter of fact. Not a GTR, but yes. It's not the GTR, but it is the Skyline. It is the it is R32. The it's the right-hand drive. This was bought yes. by a guy. You'll hear the whole story because we are producing a fast blast. Yes, we drove we this car in 2017. It will come out on YouTube mm-hmm. at some point here when Todd is not editing for the show. For yes, the, uh, when, when TV is lawsuit. over, I, will, I promise that yes. YouTube will get fed better, for sure, yes. So this guy, he's 16, and this is his first car. He spent eight months just waiting for it to get here, an additional four months before that doing research. Shopping for it, yeah. He knew he wanted one. He sourced it out of Japan. He mm-hmm. did all the paperwork, got it here, and he paid, what, between eight and $12,000 It was about US? 10 grand. It was about 10 yeah. grand by the time it all happened, yeah. And that's the thing, though, but that's because it's the skyline. It's the upper-level skyline just under the GTR. Just now, a step below, right. I have, to, I have to ask the question of, can you get a decent GTR over here for 18 grand or less? I don't know. But his car is the point that, do you need the GTR? Because the Skyline was still so interesting. Yeah, it was and so much more engaging, yeah. intriguing. And the GTR step was so much more expensive. I, I see that. That The budget is my big question on his GTR love here. Mm-hmm. Is I'm really yeah. wondering for 18 grand, can you get one? And if you can, is that one you want? Mm-hmm. True. You know, if you get one for True. 18 grand, is that a car you want to have? And then you're talking about this being your daily. Which has all of the Which random things. Yes, but it has all the random things like drive-through and toll booth and these kind of things. You're on the right <laughs> side of the car, sir. Meaning in this situation, the wrong side of the car. You just need one of those little extender wands. That's what everybody says, mouth, but little, it's not as helpful as you think. little mouth on the end. You pull the trigger and I know. can I you, have my you, burger, please? You think that, but it's not as good as you think. I think as a daily car, I, I understand your obsession, but I think it's the wrong choice. I I like it because it's so cool and no, you're not insane. Agreed. But agreed. Again, Todd's point is integrating that into your life, mm-hmm. which is going to be a massive mind shift mindset. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that are going to be rather inconvenient that you're not going to like. We don't even know what those are yet is the mm-hmm. point. You're going to run into something and you think, I didn't even see that coming. I, yeah, for ah, sure. For sure. That's and a bummer. And we're already dealing with an M5 that because of its random proclivities, if you will, Excellent. because of the things about it, it's going to sit in the garage a lot and be a special car because it's got things about it that make it hard on the daily commute. I think the R32 takes you down the exact same road with different reasons. It does. Good point. I just, I still love the idea oh, I, because they're so yes. engaged. Agreed. They're so Agreed. Yeah. I really came away liking that car. Mm-hmm even though it wasn't the GTR. All right, so Rohit, here's some ideas. I'm going to start with four for you that I think could work in this situation. Okay. We're thinking, okay. again, commute, track time. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, we've, we've got to go back to Audubon or Road America. We've got to go back mm-hmm. and have another one. Yeah. So I'm starting out with the Toyota 86, mm-hmm. right? Low-hanging fruit. I've got it on my list, too. Good car. What could easily make it happen? But here's the thing. Commute, commute in Chicago in bad weather and aren't precious. Yep. Get good gas mileage. Yep. Go track it. Yep. 
that's a that's it's a hard thing to check all those boxes in that car as much as we talk about it absolutely does it in this scenario mm-hmm. and it does it better than the S2000. Yeah. It's funny you've had most of the usual suspects thus far. It's frightening. A yeah. few of them. If, anyway. if, I'll, if I'll go buy a Fiesta ST and an Evo at some point, then I will have just covered it. I'll just <laughs> no I, kidding. Yes. And you should have kept them all anyway. So I will say on that note, a John mm-hmm. Cooper works Mini Cooper. I bet you could yeah. easily find yeah. an S for eighteen grand. Oh, easily. Yeah. I mean, you could find a recent one because clearly I found yeah. an old one for much cheaper. Yeah, there, that is a possibility. Sure, I'm okay. thinking one of those. But I did move on to the third generation NC MX5 Miata. With a hardtop. With a hardtop. With a hardtop. Because they will allow that on track, no problem. Depends, but yes. Overall, yes. Depends, but generally speaking. And I think you just dig the dynamics of that car. For sure. It's For sure. a real car. It's not yeah. a Sprite. It's not a... It's it's a real car. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And then finally, I'm looking at the E82 BMW 135i or 128i. Okay. I wonder about those. I'm glad you brought it up. You had mentioned Rohit... Uh, going to an all BMW garage, mm-hmm. and this is kind of how you could do it. I mean, I'd love to suggest any of the M235Is or 228 or mm-hmm. the 2 Series, whatever mm-hmm. that is, but it's not going to crack the $18,000 budget. I mean, yeah. it's going to be way above that. So yeah. that's why I'm going to the 135i. Buy as much of either of those cars as you can find in you know good condition, sure, low sure, mileage, yeah, yeah. all that stuff, and go drive the daylights out of it. I think that'd be really cool and interesting because... Yeah. It's not you'd own two of the cars that are really great from BMW, but they're not the ones that people initially think of. I see that. I like see with that. Porsche, people think nine eleven. Mm-hmm. No, I've got you know a nine forty four and a something else. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. With BMW, you think M three, right? Yeah. No, or three I, series I, of some kind. Yeah. I yeah, own yeah. a M five and this other cool little thing that you probably mm-hmm. don't know much about. Let me take mm-hmm. you for a ride. Let's go around the track. Okay, I see what you're doing. Let me show I see you what, what this doing. little monster okay. can do. Okay. Because we do love the one M so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's that in. An $18,000 price point. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Let's put I, it that way. I like those. I do like those. I want to mention that Rohit did hear, did say here, again, we already mentioned it, but I want to come back to it. You asked about the Fiesta ST, and you also said you could go and eat something in the E90 generation M3, or, or 3 series, not M3, but something yeah, in the right, E90 generation, right. which is essentially the the uh, the peer to the uh, M5 you have, but just something out of that lineup from the 3 Series. And those two got me thinking. First off, do I think you'd get good gas mileage and enjoy driving the Fiesta ST on the track? Yes. Do I think you'd want to be in that interior a lot every day? I think that might have a ticking clock on it. Mm-hmm. I just, I wonder. Okay. I wonder. Okay. I mean, I'm a guy that I don't really care, but... You're, you're coming out of an M5 and a Lexus ES. Both of those are going to have nicer interiors than the Fiesta ST. And if, yeah. and if you're rattling around in that car every day commuting, I wonder how much you're going to dislike it for that reason. You'll like it the rest of the time. You'll get good gas mileage. You'd enjoy tracking it. But I really wonder. I think, honestly, as much as the 86 gets shade thrown at it for not having a nice interior, it's a nicer place to be than the Fiesta ST. It's sort of like when you're naming your child, you have to go to the back door and scream the name that you're potentially considering <laughs> at the top of your lungs. And if you still like that name, then go ahead and name your child that name. Or, or, or say it over and over. This, this works for dogs, too. If you don't <laughs> want to say something over and over and over and over and over, if you don't want to be standing in the middle of the street, some huge person like I am going, Fluffy, Fluffy, please don't do that. You'll exactly. embarrass the heck out of yourself. Say it works with your kid because you're going to be yelling that name. Exactly. I do like that. Yes, you're right. Same thing with your car. You've got to go drive it in traffic. And mm-hmm. Do I like this? Can I imagine myself mm-hmm. living with this car? Yeah. If you can, great. If not, it drives you bonkers. Well, you'll know. Look, as, as weird as I am, if I still lived in L.A. and did L.A. traffic, I would not own a Lotus Elise. I wouldn't. 
I'm, well, uh, unless I could have it, there's as a, so many Canyon roads that dropped a PCH un, 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 though. And unless might, I could have it as a car only drove now and then. Yeah. You might consider but, for that. But except for, for winter weather, I'm going to try to drive the Lotus every day. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't approach LA that way. And I, and I'm okay with cars that are hard on you. Sure. Because I like what they are. So anyway, sure. so I wonder about the ST for that reason. So then I went digging. Okay. And I found a couple options that they surprised me at this price. All right. Two things you can get. They'll be nice on the commute, better gas mileage than your M5, low bar, and then you can still track them. <laughs> One, a base Cayman. For 18 grand. You can find them for 18 grand. That's now good. That's 2.7 liter. You're talking first gen. I'm talking first gen. Yeah. I'm talking the small engine. But okay, uh, that car is going to be fine on a commute, and it's going to be fun on a track, and it'd be great to autocross. Oh, yeah. Why not? Oh, yeah. 18 so grand. Came in. I agree with you. That's going to be high mileage, They're, so you've got to warm was to them, that. I was finding them around you know, sixty to 80,000 miles for that. Now, you could find the really cheap ones that are like 120. Frankly, I think that car would still keep running. You could get that one. But sure. we're talking you know, sixty to 80,000 miles, 18 grand, base Cayman. That's a that's a great all around car for this discussion. That's at that actually price. Quite because good. the eighty six chassis you're going to be able to get for thirteen to fifteen. I mean, you're going to have to also warm to the idea that even though you own a Porsche, you're subjecting it to the salt and mm-hmm. the beating and the sure Chicago sure, sure. will beat on this car. And then in the area of the all BMW garage, mm-hmm. you know what you can get for eighteen grand if you shop smart. Curious. You asked about the E ninety generation. Go three thirty five I. Yes. Are they really that cheap? You can find them. How many miles, though? Uh, they were in that same range as the Caymans. Okay. All right. Now, Fair again, enough. you can find the ones that are 120, but I'm talking, let's just say 70 to 80 grand, 80,000 miles. My question is how nice have they – the IS might have just been driven by people. It might not have been tracked or I was, used like an M3 Here's would. the thing. The ones I was looking at online that were that price all looked really clean. That doesn't mean they are clean, but they all looked really clean. That's good. And and I, and I I do. I think those cars were cars that people bought and weren't necessarily people that were hooning. You know what I mean? And but that's that's in some ways could be argued as the better version of that M3 generation sure. because of the way yeah. that turbo delivers power. They're really 18 grand. You can find them. They're not all that, but they're down there. 335 IS is a great car. It would get better gas mileage, it'd be Ooh. killer on the track. I think it's worthwhile. Ooh. And I have to stop there, but these are the ones that that struck me for okay. sure. All right. Well, Rohit, you've got some driving and research to do, my friend. Thank you for writing in. If you've got your own debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And on the website, everydaydriver.com. Please write us. And uh, we'll get to other questions now on social media. Jumping There's in. There's none at all. Yeah, oh, we've my only gosh. got like 80. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> On Facebook, there's, uh, as we mentioned before, it was very uh, Ford-heavy at the beginning and Mm -hmm. Ford-centered. There's a few of you that have written to us about the edge, but Stephen S. on Facebook has written about Jim Hackett of Ford and Mm -hmm. his Mm -hmm. new CEO role and asking about, you know, our thoughts on his address. And I did go watch it, as a matter of fact. Did you really? Watch the entire thing because I thought it would be a bunch of drivel. Okay. And it wasn't except for a few things and I will uh, I had some notes as a matter of fact I will I will sum up briefly you listened and got see I did not listen you listened and took notes I I need to sit next to you in class apparently well I did that I I don't ever do this this is not something I I do I never do this but I I learned quite a bit about where Ford is going but I have some they might have some blind sides too to this idea (laughs) 
Because Ford wants to sell cars. Clearly. Ford is not a charity organization. This is true. Ford is not just in the business of, hey, let's create the future. They, they actually want to sell product. Uh, ideally, sell and product. shareholders would prefer it if you had a better quarter this quarter than last quarter. I don't know much, but generally that's a business rule. Yeah, Wall yeah. Street kind of wants to see that. And keep in mind that with everything that we talk about that's going on now in the mm-hmm. autonomous age, mm-hmm. all the tech companies have figured out, yeah, we don't really have any car building expertise and cars are hard to make. Yes. And then over here you have all the entrenched car manufacturers like Ford yeah, and yeah. the former CEO who didn't do too well and actually never addressed this issue. And that's why Ford is playing catch up. Mm-hmm. They kind of looking around going, all right, we need a partnership. So they you know, have a partnership with Lyft and they mm-hmm. don't have too much else. Sure. And they're sure, going, sure. we need a tech company to partner with. Yeah. 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 So this was lots of executives steepling their fingers as they spoke philosophically about the future of city life and interaction. <laughs> sure. This is my own notes. Manifesting an open source data sharing platform powered by Qualcomm. There's your tech company. Mm-hmm. Executed through Lyft and called Living Street. It is deployed with local governments oh, and okay. city leaders so smart vehicles can work together and everything that makes up the Internet of Things. I'm sorry, but that's just buzzword fantastic right there. Isn't it great? Yeah. So, yeah, they have a VP and president of mobility. Now. Is there a synergy coming here soon? I am I could throw one in if you'd like. Yeah. Are, are we going to talk about pyramids and integration and these kind of things? Please tell me that we're just going to – let's just let's just get the big bucket of buzzwords out and pour them all out <laughs> on the table. Can we do that? It's so yeah. much fun. My favorite is let's put more wood behind the arrow. Let's got to put more wood behind that arrow. I'm like, wh- what does that mean? That, <laughs> that's I don't know. I like it with that accent. That that comes from the CEO. We're going to go south. ahead and put more wood behind that arrow because uh, – Wow. You know, uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So the example they gave was a meta. Issue. You have a medical issue. A driver does. Mm-hmm. Say a uh, heart disease, a heart failure, a heart attack, or sure. yeah. a diabetic seizure, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the car takes over driving and parks itself and notifies the authorities. And then, if it's voluntary and you have agreed to this, will pull up your medical records so the authorities, the EMTs, can review that on their way to come save your life. Sure, yeah. Do you want that, though? Does does everything just need to be so connected? I mean, will lawyers now subpoena data and overlay that with cell point pinpoint locations so, you know, extramarital affairs and crime will drop dramatically because people will know where you're at every second of the day? Does everything need to be connected? At CES, that's all the talk this week. Of CES course. 2018. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. There was introduced a Bluetooth-connected dog scoop with a red light that blinks if the dog has already been fed. Do we need this? Do we really? Do, yeah. Does everything, does my blueberry muffin need to be hacked? Does my razor you. blade need to connect to the internet? I hear you. It's a great question. It's Why? A great question. Well, but see, this is the thing that always happens, though. And, of course, right here we are, CES week, and so it's vital. Uh, and it's the only thing everybody talks about. But everybody talks about how if all of this stuff talks to each other, let me tell you three scenarios where it gets better. But nobody really, except for after all of the hype has, has settled, if you will, thinks about the, yeah, but do I want... What's all the information I don't want to be easily publicly accessed if that's the case? Uh, the, the, the best car example I can think of that happens all the time is almost any insurer out there will – I, I can save you lots of money. I can save you like 30%, 25% on your insurance bill if you'll put this little dongle on your OBD oh, yeah. port. Oh, yeah. Scary. I, 
Yeah, because they're actually tracking if you're driving well within the limits of all of the... You don't what if to, I need my daily triple? Exactly, exactly. You're wearing your T-shirt and you can't get your daily triple. What if they're got, watching real time? Are their heads going to explode? Possibly, possibly. Will your autonomous car explode if you ask it to drive to Hawaii? <laughs> I like Will it that. melt down? I like that. you got all these cars sitting there jittering right, <laughs> just, at, the, right at the California I coast. Do. They're <laughs> sitting in a parking lot. They're just <laughs> rocking back and forth. And the people inside are laughing. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And then they just go ahead and get a lift somewhere else. A exactly. Uber. Uber. Yeah, somewhere that's else. That's terrible. Uber. But, but, Uber, if. Easy. Yeah. Easy. So anyway. But Backing that, away. But this is the big question is, you're right. It, it's all, it's all, they always come with these scenarios where it can help you in the, in the terrible situation. I get that. But then there's the side note of, by the way, all your info is out there. Yeah. I just think with this, we're now scenarioing ourselves to death. It's a new word, sure. like manufacturabilization. Perfect. It's again, up there. Again, the entire, one, look, if, if, I'm sorry you can't see the room. We're sitting at a table and the entire bucket of buzzwords has been poured out in front of us. We're just pulling them out of the bucket. It's awesome. So the, the point is Ford doesn't have anything to present or announce. They just said, we're working on it. Mm-hmm. It's going to mm-hmm. be an open source that everybody can use. And I'm thinking, well, are other car companies going to want in on this? Because this is just Ford doing this, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about every other car company that's now going to have the same idea? And what standards do we have? So I've decided okay. the ultimate, I've come up with a new game show. Oh, no. <clears throat> it will be road rage between autonomous cars. Uh-huh. And it will be broadcast on whatever nearby security camera is. Okay. And the backup cameras on other cars around. So it's sort of like, you know, two kids on a schoolyard fighting where every it's, other it's car is clustered around. It's local car autonomous gladiator. And you can bet on which autonomous car is going to win. And they can just have at it. And it's the new future game show. What do you okay. think? This I, is where reality shows are going. I want to move on, I think, is what I think. But, but I mean, all of this relates to all the autonomy we talked about last time. I mean, there are no standards. No. This is the thing. Ford's and, throwing down. They're and, a transportation company. They mm-hmm. just announced they're no longer an automaker. Well, Kodak is now make, making their own version of Bitcoin. So it's, so it's, a, whole, it's a brave new world. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but this is the thing. Everybody is pursuing the same goal, autonomy. Yeah. Theoretically, they're all pursuing it, but they're all pursuing it their own way, and it eventually is going to, pardon the pun, crash into each other against some common standards where everybody has to adhere to a standard that has not yet been created. And I think they're realizing they can no longer bask in the glow of their F-150 profits, at least for too much longer. They're going to actually have to join what everybody else is doing. So they threw down in a big way. Mm, Interesting. Okay. Moving on. All right. All right. Uh, Greg wrote in on Facebook and said, should the next 370Z go V8 and try to compete with the Mustang and Camaro? Mm. The 370Z is a car without a country, honestly, because (laughs) you have the GTR at the top of the lineup being the big halo car that is like nothing else Nissan makes. And then you have the rest of the lineup that is nothing, nothing like the GTR. And then you have the 370Z that is just there in the middle. It's not the halo car. It's not the, it, it is in many ways the 86 of that, uh, Mark, the 86 is kind of a car mm-hmm. without a country in the Toyota lineup. Uh, that's the thing. The 370Z is going to have to pick its battle. It either need. I don't think it should be benchmarked against the Cayman. I think it either needs to benchmark itself against the, the Mustang Camaro, which now are more sports cars, or I would prefer if it actually benchmarked the 86 and beat the 86. I'd like that, actually. Go Stay with a six-cylinder engine and try to get that car under 3,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting because the thing about the, the, the 370Z is, yes, it's more powerful than the 86. 
it's not as rewarding to drive, and it is heavier. And it still handles yeah. really well. Don't get me wrong. It's still a very impressive car to drive fast. But it desperately needs a total like rethink because it's been around for essentially a decade. And they're going to have to, to benchmark it against something else. And I think go down market, go against the 86, try to get it lighter. That's my, mm. my preference because I, I think it's hard chasing the Mustang and Camaro. And I think the Cayman is the wrong competitor. Hmm. No, I can see that. I yeah. I, I think they need to really rethink it. To be honest, the same could be said about the Camaro. It's too close to the Corvette. Well, but, but the I Corvette think that, is easier to change. I think the Corvette the needs to go upmarket versus the where the Camaro is going. Since yeah. Nissan has the GTR, yeah. this 370 needs to be completely rethought, lighter, more accessible, mm-hmm. really differentiate it, and and come up with your own concept, engine, platform, everything. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Yeah. Well, there's uh, Dammit Patton on Instagram asks us about pet peeves related to cars or driving that your friends or significant others do that drive us nuts. I can I can do this. I okay. have one. All right. Great. You're driving along and you're watching your friend or whoever that is do the underhanded turn. Uh huh. Where they put their hand on the top of the steering wheel, only it's not on the top of the steering wheel. It's underneath. Their from... fingers turled, curled toward their body. Correct. Yeah. And then they pull mm-hmm. the direction they want to go either way. So they're mm-hmm. they're reaching to the top half of that steering wheel from underneath and then pulling either direction. That drives me nuts. <laughs> it's a safety issue, yeah. honestly, because what if they need to suddenly correct and they need to avoid something or whatever that is and make a quick adjustment? They're not in a position to do that. All they're, you can do is turn the direct that you can make that move and no other moves. Bugs me. Yeah. like You know when that grip is perfect? Mm. you're closing a door in a submarine. That view's perfect. Yes. That, that's the perfect grip for that. <clears throat> Driving, it's not helpful. Or your Quasimodo hunched over, pulling the rope, and you're There's that as pulling well. yeah. through. No, no, no. Stop it if you do that. Please don't do that anymore, because <laughs> what if you have to correct? Your hands have to leave the wheel, then you have to reset, and that means your hands have mm-hmm. come off the steering wheel. You're out of control at that point. Well, it's funny how much it starts to... Nervous is too strong a word, but just kind of put me a little bit on edge when I'm riding with anyone and they're driving in the kind of laid back gangster lean one hand thing. Yeah. yeah. I realize we might be going down the freeway when other cars around you are running in autonomous mode, but just put (laughs) hands on the wheel, please. It's just, it's, it, it makes me nervous. Maybe I could make fake steering wheels just to, and they're for autonomous cars and you can pretend you're driving. (laughs) Oh no. It's the future. The yeah. future's going to be very boring if we're it's all autonomized. Very odd. No, we're just we're going to be staring at our phones even more. Ah, yes. Excellent. I, 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 walked, I walked into a lobby of a building today, and every person standing in the lobby was in the exact same phone stance. Every person. There was no person in the lobby. Oh. They were all standing there, all with the hunched over thing looking at the phone. I realize we all do it, but at some point I'm just going to take a photo of like a mass of people all <laughs> doing that exact same stance. We all stand the exact same and stare at our stupid phones, but now we can commute staring at our stupid phones because we already are anyway. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. All right. So what else is on here that struck you? Uh, let's see. Um, Cars and Comments asked a question that, that relates to a couple other things people have mentioned. People have mentioned things about the Fiesta ST fitting them or not. Mm. Cars and Comments is asking, are the Recaro seats a must-have in the Fiesta ST? I'm going to say to you, no. They are not a must-have. Those are some very tight really? Recaros. We've driven the car twice without them, and we have driven the car with them, too. That's true. They That's are true. very narrow Recaros. As Recaros go, those are incredibly narrow. 
And I think if you don't get the Recaros, you still wind up in good seats. We've driven the car hard without the Recaros. It's not like going away from the Recaros and the Evo 10 works. Like, what happened here? Mm-hmm. They're still really good seats. If you're a larger person, you can go with the non-Recaros and the Fiesta ST and still love it. If you can fit the Recaros, then bonus. But I don't think it's required. It's funny because you know how you are with just a hardcore feeling in a car all the time. Yeah. I'm that way with seats. I like that feeling all the time. I, here's the thing. I do, too. I do, too. And I, and I actually don't have a problem with the Recaros and the Fiesta ST, but I do remember them being very narrow. Yeah, they're, they're and, narrow. Yeah. And, and I don't mind that, but I was surprised when we drove the ones without it that it was still an excellent seat and I fit well. So that makes it a non-requirement. What makes you more comfortable as, a, as an owner and a driver? Sure. Love for them to just be made entirely out of suction cups. Seat manufacturers, just a <laughs> suction cup manufacturer. That's scary. Glued to your seat, yeah, anyway. Uh-huh. All right, so lots of design questions, guys. Thank you for asking about design. It's, of course, something that's always on my mind. Uh, there's actually three questions that I'll try to answer very quickly. Richard L. is asking about eye rapes, like the current Prius and Mirai. How about we'll just go with ugly, not... Aesthetically pleasing. I've yeah. never heard that terminology. That, that was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. He's asking, isn't there some sort of process that requires sign off on a new design before it gets made? Yes, there is. And there it's usually many. a committee. Yeah. It's never just one person. When you, you know, you hear the, yeah, that one person designed this. In some cases, that wasn't the original sketch done by them. It's mm-hmm. a matter of promotion and optics and positioning. And you're the designer chosen to kind of represent the direction we're going. And it might not even be your sketch. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Anyway, yes, it's a committee, and unfortunately, they don't have the rest of us because they're not in a focus group to stand back, and somebody's not going to say, you know what, guys? This is actually ugly. Could we yeah. stop well, it? It's, it's design creep. Uh, Very I think much of it in, so. in screenplays, they call it screenplay creep. Sure. You start with uh, our hero dies at the end. That's, that's, that's what happens in the screenplay. When we sold it, we love it, and it's amazing, and it's tragic, and it's wonderful, and the, the hero dies at the end. Yeah. And then... Ten, ten versions later, the hero no longer dies at the end. <laughs> now, it's not like in the next draft you made that change. It's just there's incremental changes. And by the time we get ten drafts later, we've lost sight of the fact that everything you loved about screenplay originally is now gone. That's Design creep is the same thing. It might have looked decent at one point, And as we tweak this and tweak that, now we, we're so in it. We're so in the trench with it, we don't realize to step back and be like, this got ugly, didn't it? I mean, some of it is manufacturing when engineers walk in and say, oh, you can't do that. And you try to still create your theme and still get it pushed through that meets the engineering requirements mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. gets the approval to be made and manufactured. Yeah. But it's ugly. But yeah. you got your theme through. You got yeah. it pushed through. And therefore, you can claim ownership of that design. Sure, sure. That yes happens. And, no. yeah. and then there's just... Sometimes you just get so mired down in the weeds that you're just not realizing. You're not taking a step back and mm-hmm. going, you know what? This is not beautiful. Well, and then there's the other thing, though. You have to know that there's got to be those people in the process to start to think this is ugly. But because of the massive machine that is moving forward and the amount of money involved for literally going back to the drawing board, oh, yeah. nobody's going to stick their neck out and stand up for that. Yes, but it's always cheaper to go back then than when you've already started tooling. It is. Always. But at the same time, somebody has to, to completely put themselves on the line and be like, guys, No. <laughs> because and, and that it, and should it, be a Bob Lutz type. And of if guy. the entire room turns against you, you're packing a box to go home. Yeah, it's true, and that's the problem. Jeff H is also writing about the eight one eights, the um, yeah. Factory Five Racing eight one eights. So I, cool. I love their styling. I love the newer ones better. And I guess what I love about it is proportion. 
when you get down to the actual styling, I don't think it's really beautiful, but it doesn't need to be. Yeah. And the hardtop, the Cayman looking design. The is hardtop's the business. Far better, but That's unfortunately, I, really like. I don't think they offer it in the race spec that they do the uh, the other just with a roll cage. I don't. Well, I don't the roll they... cage is the most hardcore, but it, but ultimately it's yeah. the same car all the way through. It is, but I don't know if it's as track prepped and ready to go as the other one. But they have it, recently updated that I think it's better. I think it'd be on how track prepped you want to make it. Well, I true. Think that's a lot of it, but yeah, true. And then uh, finally down here, Russell G is asking on Instagram, any recommendations for books on learning to design cars? And I want to distinct make this distinction. There's plenty of books on how to draw cars. Mm-hmm. But learning and how, learning how to look at proportion and look at design—that's a very different thing. So, sure, sure. Uh, I will recommend the great designer George Nelson, first published in 1977, the book "How to See." So this is about mm. looking at how things appear in the real world and give meaning and experience to the user okay. and relevance to whatever it is that object is supposed to do. Okay. Second is H point. This is by Stuart Macy and Jeff Wardle. You can get it on Amazon. It's an excellent huh. book, modern book. H point stands for hip point. And yeah. so you're going to start yeah, learning yeah. all kinds of terms like, uh, you know, tumble home. Oh, good one. Excellent. You know what tumble home is. DLO IP jounce, kind of. the shoulder. You're going to learn over slam and shut lines. And then finally, you've got, for some aesthetics and color and fun stuff, go to anything from Design Studio Press with Scott Robertson and Neville Page. And, of course, uh, the car magazine, Auto and Design. And then who can forget Daniel Simon. He designed all the vehicles for Tron. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hollywood designer and uh, good guy all around. So look at that. And then, of course, you're going to devolve into schools, Art Center, my alma mater, CCS sure, in Detroit, yeah. Academy of Art, Cincinnati, Royal College of Art. There's a lot of them around the Since world. you've started a solo uh, band, I'm going to start my uh, my folk band. We're going to call ourselves Tumble Home. <laughs> Hellcat yeah. Grandma. Yeah. Tumble Home. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, there were three different uh, daily track or crush questions. Did you see these? I did. Are uh, you going to do them all? Let, let's run through all of them. I okay. say why not. Uh, a couple of these are, are easier than others. We've got daily track and crush from Legato uh, 2057. Chevy SS, Lexus ISF, and Infiniti Q50. Oh, daily track and crush. I'm going to daily the SS. I'm going to track the ISF. And I'm going to crush the infinity. Crush the daylights out of that thing. Well, it's just. I think it, you're right. It loses. It just loses. I completely agree. Yeah. That's, and the ISF has got that cool V8. It's not as dynamic as I want it to be, but I'd rather beat on that car on the track than the SS. And the SS is good on the track. It is. It's surprisingly good, actually. But it's a big, let's just cruise. Get yeah. her with magnetic ride. All right, oh, yeah, keep going. What's the next one? Uh, let's see. Cars and Jordan. I don't know what Jordan's doing with cars, but Cars and Jordan daily track and crush the 997 GT3. The, it's getting harder. The Cayman GT4 and the manual Audi R8 daily track and crush. Oh, that's hard. It's very hard. Oh. It's very hard. I think I think I'm crushing the 997 and that pains me to say. Oh, you're kidding me. It's a GT3. It is a GT3, but Cayman GT4 on the track sounds like the business. Yeah. And the manual Audi R8, I would drive that every day. I don't care what the weather is. I would love to own one right now. I uh I think you might know where I'm going. I'm crushing the Audi. If there's Porsche is involved. I know. Nobody's surprised. Crushing yeah. the Audi. Now the question is, which one I deal in, which one I track. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 
I'd probably daily the GT3 and I'd track the GT4. And I will say, to spin this another way, if you had said the uh, 997 GT3 RS40, I would crush the other two and I would daily <laughs> and track that car just, just to redeem myself, I'm just going to say. But yeah, in this scenario, I'm crushing the GT3. Okay, last one, go. Uh, let's see. We have uh, BMW M2, Lotus Exige, oh. Alpha Julia Quadrifolio. Okay, this gets a little easier, actually. Uh, I'm crushing the M2. What? I'm crushing the M2. I'm going to track what? the Lotus X Siege, and I'm going to daily the Alfa Romeo Julia Quadrifolio. Absolutely. Wow. And I like the M2, but the Julia wins on daily, and the X Siege is absolutely the track car. Done. I agree. X Siege is track, but I'm dailing the M2. Crush the Alpha. I, I knew you would. Squish. I knew you would. Yep. Wow. Okay. What other questions did you have? I, I think that's a good run through right there. There's there's Me others too. on here, but I think we've covered a lot. This podcast is like four hours long, and I'm already <laughs> making up band names. I've been doing that for an hour already. It's bad. It's bad. We are towards the end of our time, guys. Thank you. Huge thanks for following along. We really appreciate it. Look forward to hearing from you. What? Episode two coming up. Uh, well, episode two is, is actually tomorrow by the time you're listening to this, which is really cool. Yeah. Episode four, I'm delivering, not that you care, but that's where my head's at. I'm um, editing the Lemons episode, and Super we have our cool. cool California road trip episode is coming up as well. All of this will work its way to the web in a couple different ways, including some downloads and early access and that kind of stuff. That brings me to this point. Next podcast, we're going to do a state of the show. Yeah. We try to do yeah. one near the beginning of the year. We didn't do it f- the first of the year this year. We're going to do a state of the show podcast and update you on all of it. What's happening with YouTube? What's happening with television? How are we getting you content? All mm-hmm. of that's going to get discussed. What we're looking at for 2018 will get discussed in depth. Hopefully, we'll have Chance here with us. We're going to try for that. We'll see. Uh, so that will be the next podcast for next Tuesday. Between now and then, we would love to have you watching The Velocity Show and telling a friend or 5,000 of them. All of that would be much appreciated. And, of course, we would love for you to rate and review this podcast that's happening on iTunes. A lot of you are doing it, which is great. Thank you. And we love having you with us. Agreed. And David G on Facebook is asking, why aren't we maintaining a presence on Reddit? Why aren't we? Along with all of our other social media presence, because in addition to Chance and Edgar, our primary shooters, this is the team, everyone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, we, we have lots more to do. We have a we have a Reddit presence, meaning we have an account. This everyday driver, and I've responded to things it's before. Just not maintained, but on it's a daily like basis. when are we hopping yeah. on Reddit just to be on Reddit? Which is kind of never. I mean, I hate to say that. Yeah. I'm in there now and then, and I and I read stuff and I try to catch up. But it, but it's one of those things where I think of it because right now I've got time to jump on Reddit and chase some things down. Sure, but sure. we can't just jump on there all the time. Honestly, we're not on Facebook as much as we probably should be either. Yeah, but agreed. anyway, agreed. Well, looking forward to next time, everyone. Cheers. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.